0: We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers, and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today I'd like to introduce you to Kirsten Beard-Adams. Kirsten's an FEI dressage specialist, rider, trainer, coach. She also trains young riders and trains them up to Grand Prix level and trains young horses as well. Kirsten is also a qualified saddle fitter, so we're going to ask her about some saddle fitting questions a little bit later on, and she's an equine acupuncturist. How are you, Kirsten? Hello. Thank you
1: for having me. Great to be here.
0: Good to talk to you. Kirsten, have you got a quote for us today, something that you may use in your lessons or something that's inspired you?
1: Yes, definitely. It's mainly used daily. Life's a journey. The climb is great, but the view is wonderful once you get to the top. (laughs) And uh, that's something that we also have in our stable block on a daily basis. So I think it's very important.
0: When did you first hear about it? The quote? Yeah.
1: Probably overseas um, and also because my daughter is a young writer and it's actually a Hannah Montana quote from a movie and uh, we've always taken it wherever we've been in the world but as everyone knows being in the equine industry you have to be dedicated with a lot of hard work but once you achieve it it's a fantastic reward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now it's pretty fortunate for your daughter that you're there to help her and guide her along the way. What about how you started? Did you come from a horse family or what was the story there?
1: Yes, my father in Western Australia, his father actually bred some of the light horsemen for the war, and also my mother. Family grew up in Gruya, which is in Victoria, Lilydale, and they had horses on the farm. So it has been in the blood for a couple of generations. And then I've been able to pass it on to my daughter. So we've been very fortunate to have an equine background throughout our bloodline. So we're quite honoured, and there's a lot of great stories to be told within the family.
0: I'm sure there is. Yeah. What about your memories? Do you remember the first time you had anything to do with horses or, or not?
1: Yes, well, we grew up in um, a suburb called East Ivanhoe on the boulevard. My sister and I have children in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And we were very fortunate that we grew up on small acreage, but across the road from us was the Yarra River. And I used to always walk across the road to pat the horses. And it then became quite a regular moment for me straight after school to go down and sit on the fence, probably from the age of eight. And then I was offered a ride with a lady called Linda Hayes. Um, who is now one of our top show writers and she pretty much took me under her wing and it, it all began from there. So we show rode for many, many years. We then moved out to outer skirts of Melbourne, where I was then introduced to an amazing lady called Virginia Creed, who is one of our top judges and uh, trainers. And um, yeah, then she took me under her wing with Andrew McLean, and then I started dressage and we haven't looked back. So it's we've just been very fortunate to have the right people behind us to also guide us through this industry. So, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah,
0: names like that and people like that to guide you, certainly that's something to be treasured, yeah.
1: Yes, oh, absolutely, and we're forever – friends with them now and very, very close relations. And yeah, so and it's such a wonderful industry to be a part of when you have people who are willing to open their arms um, and help you at any stage when you need help. So mm, yeah, mm. we've been very, very fortunate.
0: And then from there, was it just a logical thing then that you went along to become a coach and, you know, work professionally in the industry? Did you have a bit of a gap where you might have done something after school? How did that work out?
1: Well, it's funny because I've always ridden my entire life. It was always in the back of my mind at school. If there was ever a day where we could have off, I was always riding. I went to a school in Kew and everyone knew if Kirsten wasn't at school, she was riding. (laughs) And I was just very, very fortunate to be allowed to be brought up in that type of atmosphere. And I was also, before I took on the horses full time, I was a fashion designer down in Chapel Street, been in the airlines, in operations with Ansett. And uh, I've done quite a few jobs, but I've always gone
0: back to the horses. And while you were doing the jobs, did you have the horses part-time? Like on the weekends, you'd still do horses or
1: I was working, I probably worked 10 hours a day maybe in South Yarra and then I'd go home and work three horses to up to midnight at night time <laughs> and then I'd just do it all over again. So it was just a part of my energy and a part of my routine. Yeah. And um, yeah, you just didn't think twice about it. It was never a burden. Mm-hmm. It was always yeah. an enjoyment. But I have to say also I had my family behind me supporting me. So I, I was very, very fortunate to be allowed to do what I did. Yes. and if I had to work or go overseas for some work business function, I always had my family backing up and helping me with it. So yes, I was very fortunate.
0: That, that makes a difference. Yeah. And what do you think are the core skills? If people are looking for a career in horses now, what do you think are the core skills or the character traits that they need?
1: Honestly, I have to say, if anyone comes to us and wants to work and learn, you must have a work ethic. I think if you do not have a work ethic or a positive drive to want to learn and improve, then in this industry, you will struggle. And I've seen a, a lot of clients that I've also had when they're young, if they don't have the willing drive and power, honestly, they will struggle in this industry. So that that's really the main importance because it's it's hard work. It is mm-hmm. a hard work industry, but okay. it's it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you've said about Linda and Virginia and Andrew. Is there anyone else that's really influenced you?
1: Definitely. There's many, many people. We have literally grown up for the past 14 years with a gentleman from Queensland named Ben Conn as well, who literally accelerated my dressage career and my training. He really was and he still is a biomechanical specialist that just allowed me to accelerate my learning and understanding. So my daughter also trains with him in Europe when we come and go as he has a barn in Germany at the moment. I've trained with Laura Bechtelsheimer who was one of the Olympians for England. My daughter's just finished training with Spencer Wilton who is also an Olympian in England. We've had many German trainers come over, Leonie Brommel, So we try to grasp and allow ourselves to learn as much as possible from as many coaches. We're very blessed, especially in Australia. We're very close friends with Brett Parbury, who also rides Mm for Australia, and also Marie Tompkinson. So they're always willing to open their doors and help Georgia if she ever needs some touch-up training before a big competition. Yep. Another family, not only Andrew, but also Alistair and Ricky up at the AEBC, we, we take our young horses up there as well and do training with uh, horses in crowds and we try to put our horses into situations that we don't want to personally be in at competitions, but we do train for that moment in case we do have a situation to make sure that you know you can ride through that incident. So mm-hmm. um, the A has <laughs> been a great influence.
0: Good. Good. And horses, who, who do you think the horses have been who've influenced you the most?
1: Personally, I had a horse named, uh, well, she's still in the back paddock. She's 24 years old and her name is Jess, which was Shorts Noir. She is by Tinted Jewel Magic, which is one of Andrew McLean's old stallions out of our Jewel Shorts Mare and that Jewel Shorts Mare has bred us some of the best F.E.I. horses that we've ever produced and we're absolutely blessed to still have them. And another one that we had was an import that we, her name was Cassiopeia who unfortunately passed away this year due to uveitis, which was a terrible disease which she acquired and she also bred us some incredible horses from Germany. And the main horse that we have right now is a German horse that we imported named Wildlife X. and he's trained to Grand Prix and he's my daughter's horse, so he arrived last
0: year. <laughs> Pretty special horse, yeah.
1: Yes, very special horse, very special horse, so
0: yeah. What do you think your proudest moment that you've had?
1: Personally, for myself, I think... Being able to take my horses from nothing to a high level and just being able to produce them myself, I think that's really the proudest moment in my life. But now since I've had to pass the gauntlet because of my back injury is just watching my daughter achieve and become the rider that she is now as she's now training Grand Prix, Mm -hmm. so that's been a very exciting blessing for our whole family that she's now able to sort of ride for our, our state and slash country in the future.
0: Yeah. Is that been your biggest challenge, your back injury, or if you got another one?
1: Well, unfortunately, you know, we did have Black Saturday. We had to endure oh, quite okay. a few years ago. That was mm. quite horrific for our whole family. Yep. And also, you know, the loss of certain horses. You know, when you live on a farm, there's always loss. There's always life, and um, yeah, it's sort of that sort of situation unfortunately, but I think my back finally gave way a year ago where I had to end up having major surgery and I'm just now able to start riding again very, very carefully. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would have affected you quite a lot. You know, we don't realise when we have good health how good it is.
1: Oh, definitely, yes. Yes, I can actually understand and sympathize with elite athletes in any sport when it's been your whole life and your drive. And when it's taken away from you, it can affect you mentally and physically, but I've also been very, very fortunate to train my daughter through the levels to keep me going and also because of, you know, going on to new small businesses within the equine community. So that's been a great assistant.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of those small businesses has been saddle fitting. And I know that you're a qualified saddle fitter. What do you think yes. is a common problem That horses have because it's the horse's problem you know more so if it's if the rider has a problem with the saddle they do something about it straight away but if the horse Mm -hmm. has a problem it could be ongoing and affects them in a lot of different ways what's a, a common problem that affects horses that riders maybe aren't aware of that can be fixed fairly easily
1: the most common situation, and this is one of the reasons why I became a saddle fitter with ASPA and also in Europe was because I'm a trainer, coach, and I was riding most horses that came here due to badly fitting saddles and the horses were very uncomfortable, was the saddles were actually overflocked that made the saddles hard on the horse's back. The other one was what we call bridging, where you have pressure points on the corners of the saddle. In the tree and the um, the tree points, and we would actually find that the horses didn't want to move underneath you when you were asking them to do a movement. The way that you could see this was when you took the saddle off. If there were dry spots or brushed marks on their coat, that sort of gave you an indication of where the saddle wasn't actually working correctly on the horse's back. Mm-hmm. But that's, this is actually one of the major reasons why I did become a saddle fitter was because the most horses that were coming for training had the wrong saddles. And it's just a part of now, we've kind of evolved to become more aware of comfort for our horses. And also a very important component is making sure the saddle also fits the rider. Mm-hmm. So we now have better access to better saddles throughout the world. And this is one of the reasons why I import for um, custom saddles
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from
1: Holland, so, and which I'm very, very blessed to be a part of because they also supply some of the biggest Olympic riders in the world. So, yeah.
0: Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. So when you say a saddle fitting the rider, I mean, obviously the right size, right position. I mean, is that it or is there more to it than that?
1: Pretty much finding a a saddle that is what we call allowing you to sit in a sweet spot in the saddle where you don't have to keep putting yourself back into that position to enable you to have a better moment of forwardness or balance. It comes down to whether the saddle could be too wide for your hips or whether the knee block is too big that it pushes your leg backwards. And this is a very important component where um, the better you sit and the better you are balanced, the better the horse is going to be Mm -hmm. as well. So your, your timing is better in a moment of forwardness or asking the horse to slow down or go sideways.
0: Okay, okay.
1: It's one thing that I really love is watching a horse and rider change as you play around with different saddles,
0: yeah. All right, so the three main problems here, the the overflocking, the bridging and the finding the sweet spot. If a rider yeah. can find the sweet spot, they feel like they're not constantly checking. The bridging I yeah. understand because of the, um, the taking the saddle off, seeing where the – patches are that aren't sweating, the overflocking, how can people check about the overflocking?
1: Well, you can either flip your saddle upside down so the panels are looking at you and you can feel over the panels whether they're very hard. So if you can press your fingers into them and they feel like they're, you know, you're pressing into a nice mattress, then the flocking is quite good. Mm -hmm. But if you're pressing into flocking that feels like wood, then you have to then imagine what that is then giving the horse as they're trying to lift their back and move underneath you. Okay. And that's why some horses become sore in the back and then they become behavioural.
0: So the over flocking, is that caused by someone the pushing too much flocking into the amount of space or does that come with yes, time? Yes, correct.
1: Is... No, well, it does come with time, it does, yes, but it's also the saddle fitting person pushing too much flocking in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But we are evolving now in our country that we can now fit trees to horse's backs and then go from that tree that may fit the horse to then making the saddle around that tree. So, yeah, we're very fortunate.
0: Okay. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is to do with acupuncture, what's, yes. what's the most common thing that can be fixed with acupuncture?
1: When I was doing it full time before my injury, the biggest call outs, believe it or not, were for horses foundering and laminitic issues. I have training with the Queensland Institute of Acupuncture in under the equine, where we're able to use certain needles on what we call ting points around their feet to allow them to almost bleed a little bit, and this then alleviates the pressure. It's brilliant. I think Chinese medicine is just beyond our world. It is phenomenal. We've used it for hormones. We've used it for yeah for laminitic issues. I, I do use it for horses that have sore backs as well. And then, yeah, it then also then starts to complement the training. It starts to complement the hormone levels of the horses. It complements the muscles and then the saddles. So they all pay a very key component to each other. So yeah, it's very
0: important. Mm, so it's really a holistic.
1: Oh, it's very thing. Yep. very holistic. But it's to see the horses the next day. It's it's phenomenal. Another one we also do is a relaxation point acupuncture um, that allows the horses to be less stressed. Okay. And you, you can see it in their eyes. You can see the proof. It's wonderful.
0: Yep. Yep, yeah. and mm. and is that good for um, people who are at competitions to go there or beforehand? How, when's the best time for that?
1: We do it before. We don't do it at competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, some can. It's just there's certain ruling now in place with um, people acupuncturing at competitions due to the new laws that are in place. But yeah, we mainly do it at home, or with client sources that need work done through. And you can also use um, as a manipulation as well, just to allow the muscles to relax. Okay. It is a wonderful, wonderful tool to have, yeah.
0: Okay. And, and have you got a book that you'd recommend just to sort of help with this whole holistic or training or, yeah?
1: Well, my main book that I've always gone back to is Klaus Backenhol. He is one of the masters of the original training and he also was one of the main trainers for um, Laura Bechtel-Shiner, is one of the, you know one of our best english writers in the world and it's just you know under the coffee table in the lounge room we do have a list of books that we always do go back to with any questions but it's always going back to classical training
0: okay that's a book called the art of writing is it
1: yeah i, yep. I think so but the other book that we do always come and look at is andrew McQueen's books we always come you know, under the Mm -hmm. coffee table if we've got any questions. We're very much into a neurological approach as well with our horses and our training, and that's where Andrew McLean's books are just incredible. It just gives you a better clarity of understanding what the horse sees as to how you react as a rider
0: or trainer. Yes, yeah. And coming from a not just a general equestrian coach, because he is, but complementing that with the scientific background as well. Yes.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. But we also have a science. We're pretty much a science, mathological mm-hmm. family. So we love to sort of also read proof in uh, scientific experiments to have a better understanding of what happens with the horses. Yep,
0: yep. Kirsten, what are you looking forward to now?
1: The future um, me riding again. Yep. <laughs> It's very important for me. It's amazing what you lose when you have something taken away from you so quickly, unfortunately. But I'm looking forward to maybe Para Olympics. I am now allowed to do that because of my situation with my spine. But the main thing is really is to train, keep training Georgia to follow her dreams and represent Australia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. We also have a horse in Europe which will be ready for her next year if she wishes to stay over there, but she has now been invited to England to go and ride and train with some very, very special people. So um, that's going to be really our dream, to be able to support her, to enable her to achieve her dreams.
0: Good, good. Okay. Kirsten, can you sum up your philosophy into a lesson today for our listeners? Equestrian,
1: you must have passion, you must have drive, you must have patience. Life is a journey. Sometimes we go backwards, sometimes we go forwards. Expectations are always high, but as long as your expectations aren't too high, you will always achieve.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, and Kirsten, how can people contact you?
1: I am on Facebook under Kirsty Beard or Chevelle Sport, which is our other business, Equine Horse Rugs. I'm also contactable on Kirsty at chevellesport.com.au. But we are also Carlisle Park Warmbloods in Yanyin and everything is obtainable through the internet or Facebook.
0: Okay, great. And that will be also on horsechats.com slash Kirsten Beard Adams or else just search Kirsten. Okay. Kirsten, thanks very much for talking to us. Certainly been enjoyable.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And, um... Very interesting, you know, just having that extra insight about saddle fitting and acupuncture.
1: Uh, I, I just think you it's such an important component now to enable your horses to improve and to also read and understand the signs when the things aren't going correctly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And, and to be able to educate people for the future and also especially our young riders. I think that's just pertinent. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's very important. All right. Thanks, Kirsten. Hope to catch up with you again sometime. All
1: right. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.